Well, well, well. Chandler, episode 54. Hello. Hi. Um, We just recorded a really great intro. I just want everyone to know what we had before was great, but Lauren had her mic turned the other way, so we're going (laughs) to attempt. Let's try to recreate the magic. Right. We were just speaking on our last recording that failed about how you just posted about Deandra coming on the pod. Yes, I did. And my favorite thing about posting when anyone like of note, when anyone who is not like an obscure college friend, apologies, Andrew, royal historian. But (laughs) when we post about anyone that maybe has over like 6,000 followers on Instagram, people are always like, oh my gosh, are you serious? How? How did you get her on the pod? God decided to deliver a miracle today to the pop apologists. (laughs) honestly it it's like people are astounded and it's really sweet to hear them ask like how did you get her on the pod like how did that even happen <laughs> jesus turned water into wine and the pop apologists are interviewing deandra simmons glory be to god glory be can you tell okay so let's get right into real hospice of dallas you guys i just want to give we want to give a, a like a tiny recap because we have been binging and so we want to just tell our impressions of the show and how we're feeling about it so far because we are watching it in preparation, obviously, right. to and, interview Deandra. And also, I just want to express uh, what a heavy lift this is for us because Lauren and I have not seen, we've never started like a new Housewives franchise. Like, we've always talked about, oh, yeah, we need to like get back into New Jersey or Potomac or one of the other ones, but we always like, you know, we're big talk. And totally. to actually start a new Housewives franchise has been a, a huge moment for us. Such and a, a sac- commitment. Such a commitment, such a sacrifice. So Truly. I am dying to hear your thoughts. Well, I will say, I do think that, not to bring it down, but with all housewives, you know, there can be, they're not below deck. They're not like every episode doesn't have this like crazy hurdle that they have to get across. And it's not like, it doesn't have that early seasons of Vanderpump rules, that like insane energy to it, Mm -hmm, I would say. mm -hmm, It's mm -hmm. a lot of relationships and gossiping. And some of it can be a slow build as you get invested in the characters themselves. Right. That's why I always am reticent to begin a new, uh, an entirely new franchise that's already existing. Because I don't know, there's just something difficult about it for me. However, I have been loving Dallas. Yeah. So I feel like Dallas... The, the thing about starting a Vanderpump Rules or like a below deck type show is that they're all just filled with scrappy people who want to be on reality TV. And like Dallas definitely doesn't really have that same energy. It has like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills energy where it's a bunch of rich people going out yeah, to nice dinners and which I, and I appreciate that in a different way. But I do think that like my favorite shows are people like looking to throw it all away. It's a different thing watching very established rich people deal with the like dramas and turmoils that is like rumors and relationships. That's just like a more of a slow burn. Yeah. Yeah. But so far, so good with Dallas. Who are your favorites thus far? I I would say all the ladies have a special place in my heart. Mm -hmm. I find all of them to be entertaining. I would say, who do I want to hang out with? Definitely Stephanie and Brandy. I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm not big on like potty humor. I'm not big on that kind of stuff, but I do love girls that aren't afraid to get down, to have a glass of champagne. And I'm down for girls that have that joie de vivre. I'm now forgetting her name, but who is the girl who's married to the plastic surgeon? Oh, um, Carrie Duber. Carrie. I think I like Carrie. Oh, Carrie is my least favorite. I think... For some reason, I feel like I like her, and I feel like she's polarizing, but I'm into it for some reason. Why do you, Why is she your least favorite? 
I just think she's I don't, like there's nothing she's a bit that tropey. notable. She's a bit tropey, but what's notable about Brandy? Oh, I think Brandy has such a special spirit. I feel like Brandy is a very much like a just a sweet soul and she's totally herself. She's totally authentic. Like she like Brandy goes to the pajama party and she's wearing like a full-on onesie. Like she's not in lingerie and heels like all the other girls. Yeah. I love that energy. Okay. Okay. I do. She's think- so comfortable in her own skin. Yeah. There is something a little tropey about Carrie's like, Ugh, my husband wants to have sex every day. Like, like, I, and don't, like I don't believe that. You right. know what I mean? I think it's so dumb. Yeah. it's Her, her storyline is a bit contrived, but for some reason, she just feels like the most down to earth. Like she's oh, the least like head up in the clouds. But I don't know. It's just different takes. Okay. Here's but what I have like to say that. though. I don't want to watch normal women. I want to watch a Barbie talking about making sparkle dog food. Like that's good TV. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. hear about how you're like, you're going to quit your job as a Botox injector to stay at home with your kids. Like I'm already falling asleep talking about it. <laughs> okay. Here's one thing. Two things that hit me like a freight train that I was like, I absolutely hate these things. I want them what? banished from the earth. I don't like it when grown women say go potty. Oh, no. At all. And and Stephanie did that and I was like, this has got to end. Like there's s- also something super cringy when they say things like when women refer to themselves as girls too. Like, I'm a sweet girl. I don't know. There's just something about it that's like a little infantilizing. Yeah, and I think like, oh, go ahead. It it all feels like it's for men. Totally. It's like, all just like this like extremely like they're acting very it's almost like childlike. a toddler. Yeah. And childlike. Acting like a baby yeah. so that you're like vulnerable and attractive to a man totally it's very strange it's it's very odd so that's first thing that i hated Mm -hmm. then i just realized i this has reached a boiling point for me like can we stop with the bidet masturbation jokes it's just i feel like it's i've seen it a million times now it's like oh and it's you know it's got some some features for the front and then it's like It's like for me, the music stops when anyone starts making those kind of jokes, especially let's say for women so deeply concerned about what Dallas society has to say about them. It seems a little uncouth to be talking about that on national television. Right, right. What did you think about the house that Travis showed Stephanie with the pond inside? With the pool? Well, they, so I know you're maybe a little bit behind on it. I think it's like she gets, she redoes it with $1.6 million. So if someone said, do you want this house and you can have almost $2 million to redo it as much as you would like, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. Did I like her? I don't, I mean, it's from a while ago. So it's always shocking to me when someone has like a a $7 million house and the inside of their bathroom looks like a sparkly, like TJ Maxx Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or home goods section. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not to my taste, but I would say that it's a pretty rad house. Okay, I'm excited to see the the reno. I will say the thing that I love on Dallas Chandler is the peppering in of God talk, like during the interviews. Like I love, like I think that I didn't realize how godless and how um, mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. devoid of soul and religion Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, New York, essentially every franchise we Orange County, every franchise we watch. Like seeing this, these women pepper in like talk about God during their interviews is is one of my new favorite things. Like. It's like Leanne in an interview, like Leanne is an expert at this. She'll be talking Mm -hmm. and she'll be like, if the woman of Dallas don't think Deandra looks like a slut in that dress, well, glory be to God. (laughs) Glory be to God. (laughs) Or she'll say something like, 
Brandy is drunk as a skunk, but Matthew 4, 6, the spirit of God is found on judgment <laughs> and acceptance of a man in his stupor. You know, it's just like, oh my gosh, this is you so are, good. I'm honestly so impressed with your, your Bible Belt impression. It's just my favorite. Like, I love it. it. It's you know it's really good. It's really great TV. Wait, how have we not talked about Leanne? Okay, she's my favorite. That. She's my mo- she's the most chaotic evil, and I love her for it. I can't wait yeah, to see what like which storm she brings in. I think that I I know that she has some cancelable offenses. I will say, but you guys, I don't know what they are. I just know she's I don't know either. Oh gosh, she's troubling. We'll she get is- there at some point. It makes honestly, if there was one person I would venture a guess to say is getting canceled, it would be Leanne. But I. I do find her to be extremely entertaining. Oh. Lee doesn't like her, but I love watching well, her. Like, I think she's the best part of the show. It's like saying you like or dislike a housewife is, it's it's not that easy. It's like, I don't like her, but I think she's amazing to watch. Like, I am behind, but like Two-Face, Leanne, like, it's incredible. It's incredible <laughs> it's TV. Like, His, I, I have hands and the hands can, they're just hands. Like, like I can hear that clip of her talking about how they're just hands all day long. And it's so entertaining. It's It's so good. And it's also funny because when she talks to her therapist, that's going to be my favorite. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Anyways, okay. We can move on from Dallas. No, let's move on. Let's move on because I know we have a lot of listeners who don't don't listen. Okay, so moving on from Dallas. Did you watch the Oscars? No, I did not. Did you? No, I did not as well. I felt really good pop apologist. I was I was gonna say like the whole time the Oscars were going on and we like weren't doing our job like we were the whole time the Oscars were going on and we like weren't watching or talking about it or like talking about hey we should talk about this on the pod. I was like, are we bad at this? Are we like not good at our jobs? Right. Like as pop culture commentators. Like, isn't there a part of us that should be like, yeah, we should probably watch the Oscars to talk about it and then neither of us. Well, when you have five seasons of Real Housewives of Dallas to get through in two weeks, right. we have a lot on the on our plate. A lot on the plate. And honestly, like my attention span dwindles by the hour. So like a multiple hour award show with commercial breaks, like was not gonna work. And I just I already know that I'm gonna see in my feed. Thanks to the algorithm, like all the best looks. Right. I'm totally. not going to have to That's all we search. care about. Right. It's all I care about is like the fashion and if something big and dramatic happens. Otherwise, I'm good. And I would just so much rather be watching Real Housewives of Dallas or 20-somethings in red polos schlep shrimp cocktail all, all over a yacht. <laughs> okay, Kagan and I are averaging, I would say. I mean, this is when I take a break from Dallas and I feel bad about it, but like seven episodes of A Night of Below Deck. Like literally we will go on a five hour watching journey together. He looked at me the other night and he looked at me like desperation in his eyes. He was like, we can't stop. He was like sucked into Captain Sandy's vortex and he knew there was no getting out of it. He's like, it's impossible to turn off this show. So yeah, I'm not going to break from Below Deck or Real Housewives of Dallas to just hear a bunch of like rich celebrities virtue signal. And that's what I feel like the Oscars has become. Right. Ricky Gervais's speech is the pinnacle of Oscar entertainment. And there's a part of me that just wants to leave my Oscar viewership there because that was the height. So we're both okay with the fact that we didn't watch the Oscars. Correct. Okay, great. So obviously the Oscars happened last week. Also, Earth Day happened last week and I've been... And we've already been talking about this, but I feel like we have to bring it to the airwaves and just see if we're the only people alone in this feeling. It was an excruciating day for me. I want you to know that. (laughs) I Uh, Okay. Like, I had to have several FaceTime calls with different close friends to talk me off of several ledges. Oh my gosh. I may or may not have muted a few choice souls. 
come on. Like, the Instagram feed mm. that I had to yeah. suffer through with my scrolling was just – it was unparalleled. So you're talking about the thirst traps. Like, it, everyone using it. It wasn't excruciating for me because I hate the environment. I'll be, I'll be clear. <laughs> Chandler hates the earth. So seeing people celebrate Mother Nature is really, yeah. Shout out about the environment. Um, she had to be talked off a ledge. I know. I love the environment. I joined Greenpeace when I was in high school. Uh, I actually, like, I went on a trip to Yosemite. I took an, an AP environmental science class, changed my whole perspective. And then, like, oh gosh, I met a green, like, there was a Greenpeace person outside of, like, a grocery store. I was going to say, and, oh, you mean you signed something outside I of Trader Joe's? No, no, no. And I put my credit card information on. I was like, yes, this is the beginning of my journey in charity. This is the beginning of my altruism. Oh, yeah. However, the widow's might, like, however little I have, I will give. And then, so I think they were like, okay, hey, we'll start you at five dollars a month and then I, think like, I, oh, wait. <laughs> I promptly called back like literally after the first month and i was like what's the lowest i can give to still be a member of greenpeace <laughs> and they're like 10 cents and i was like great we'll do it <laughs> that's like when i signed up to to do the 401k match at my uh last job two years into working there i finally was like all right fine i'm gonna sign to do the 401k match i'm just gonna do it i'm gonna right. bite the bullet have less taken or have less money in my paycheck every week start building my financial future MBD. literally i contact our guy in HR. I set it all up with him, get it done. A month goes by and literally I set up another meeting. I'm like, so I actually have to pause this 401k <laughs> contribution. <laughs> oh man. No, it, it took me a while to set up my 401k and I was like, I was, it was certainly not an easy journey. You have to do it from the very beginning so you don't notice it. Otherwise, right. it's a real – when you start seeing $300 less in each paycheck, that's quite – You feel it. Also, I think you need to be able to be able to check your 401k so that you can see where that money is going and how it's like being stockpiled. Like I actually regularly check that as a way to convince myself that I have a good financial sense. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. But did this not, did this, did these thirst traps not piss you off? Here's the thing. I have two, I have a couple of things to say. One, I'm just so, like Instagram has ruined hol holidays for me. When I know that right. Mother's Day is coming up, I don't think about like, the great mother I have, how lucky I am, which all those things are true and valid and I really do feel in my core but I don't think about that I just think I need to delete Instagram for the whole day I do not want to see everyone's posts about their mothers I don't want to see everyone's posts about their siblings national sibling day too many holidays I'm over it every month is a new awareness month okay right. I'm, I'm I'm pretty done I would like to become a seventh day Ad Adventist or <laughs> whatever the, or maybe it's a Jehovah's, Jehovah's Witness, Witness. religion yeah the religion where you don't celebrate holidays that is what I'm going to become Right. Um, I will, if you're a missionary for them, please contact me. So <laughs> there's a part of that that's annoying. But then I would say that, um, you know, I got really annoyed with all the thirst traps after I scanned my camera roll and realized that I didn't have one to post on myself. Sure, sure. That was when I got annoyed. That's when I was like, wow, people are really taking some liberties. Well, I, I, you know, I did a similar thing where I was just like, let's just see if there's something, you know, in the favorites from the last six months that would make sense. That would just, that I could try and finesse my way, you know, into posting. <laughs> That's why we're bitter about this. Turns okay. out, turns out we posted everything. Absolutely everything. Every single good angle is up on the feed already. <laughs> already gone live. Um, totally. But you know, so so. Anyways, this this led me down a rabbit hole where I just feel like you know, there's something so annoying about trying to pass your thirst trap off as like environmental activism. That's really infuriates me. It really gets me. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I I want to be clear. If anyone stalks my Instagram, I did post a Earth an Earth Day photo of me a couple years back. 
Oh, um, that I'll just go ahead and acknowledge. I'll go ahead and self-cancel for that. But, like, I think, you know, it's just, like, there's something about faking it for Mother Earth in order to post a hot photo of yourself, of, like, you on a study abroad that your parents probably paid for. Just basically a picture of you on a beach. Like, mm, are we really mm-hmm. celebrating right. the womb of creation? And there's just, there is some, like, flexing and signaling to be like, I travel on gas-guzzling jets, and you don't. <laughs> totally. I've been to every continent via gas-guzzling jets. It did feel like that there was like a certain collective amnesia happening across Instagram. Like I feel like people forgot that landscape shots exist. Right, right. Like so like I uh, like for people who are listening and who don't remember what that is, it's a shot of just the earth and it's generally like zoomed out so you can see the land and the horizon, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm, Google mm-hmm. landscapes, check it out. Yeah. It really did feel like people forgot that there was such a thing as like just a picture of scenery. I think I yeah, they certainly forgot at I, I feel like I actually should have taken more advantage of Earth Day because I like to pepper in landscapes and just B-roll in between b- beautiful photos of myself. Do you do the same yeah. thing? Do you yes. have the oh, same for- active thought process? Like, oh, I've got, you know, one too many selfies in a row. Chandler, 100%. Okay, I just, I'm wait. always on the lookout for B-roll. Right. And then I was like, do I, I should have posted something as B-roll because recently it's been a lot of photos of my face. I'm always um, very jealous of shoot. people who have like eclectic B-roll. Like it's like a picture of like trash on a sidewalk and it's like somehow very artistic and it looks really no, good no, no, to no. like a picture of their nails. Like That's I don't know. just I, a photo of trash. I actually actively despise those people who wait, post like- Wait, you know what I'm talking about though? Photo, there are these yes. people that are like very yes. good at the B-roll. It's like, their B-roll is like very- <sighs> Their B-roll is like slightly blurry, but it like works. Yeah, like it works sli- not somehow. Crisp. I, I can't really talk about it because honestly, it's a bone I don't have in my body and there's a type of cool person that I'm just not that can do totally. that and I like actively, yeah, I have to distance myself from people like that. Like I just, unfortunately, I feel like I'm never going to have a very distinctive Instagram aesthetic and so I just have to take pictures of things that are in front of me and hope it looks good together. Wow. wow. She is really, she's making some serious breakthroughs. I just have I, to take photos of things in front of me and Hope they look good. I'm just saying there are some people that have like, it's all like the same tones. It's all very well curated and I don't have the patience for that. Like I'm lucky enough to get a cute pic of myself. It can't be also like only be in front of beige walls. How do you feel about my B-roll? Because I think I have pretty good B-roll. Like I feel like, would you just do a little little analysis of my grid right now? I feel like I've got a pretty good- I would if I didn't feel like it would be literally torture and losing listeners by the second. So I think we should move on from this conversation. Okay. Well, if anyone wants to let me know how they're feeling. Okay. Just kidding. All right. Let's move on. So another thing that made my blood boil this week. Are you ready? Yes. E! News does this thing where they kiss celebrities' asses Mm -hmm. and- they, they posted a quote um, from Yolanda Hadid over a photo of Gigi and uh, Muhammad where it said she she never took her, a dime from her parents. Oh, my God. Okay. I yelped when I saw this. It's, it's gaslighting. It's terrorism. It's just bullshit. I'm sorry, but if there's anyone who has benefited from like the echelon she was born into and is not like a self-made woman, it's Gigi Hadid. Right. Like, we, didn't we watch Yolanda decorate her apartment in New York? Yes, there was a whole season of Beverly Hills all around getting Gigi a furnished apartment in NYC. Also, can we talk about like the plastic surgery she's had done? Are you talking about Bella? No, but hasn't Gigi? Didn't Gigi get a nose job? 
Oh, I, don't, I think D- Gigi's like basically all natural. I think Gigi's pretty natural compared to Bella, but I'm just saying there is no part of Gigi Hadid that is self-made. I just absolutely will not accept that. I think G- here, and this is a hot take. I think Gigi D is never going to talk about, come on this podcast, so I can just say how I really feel. Sure. I think Gigi D- Hadid is a really pretty girl. Do I think that she could competes with Christy Turlington? in her prime with like 80s level supermodels with a Kate Moss. I don't. Like, I think she's pretty. I think that we've entered the era of celebrity kids as the new supermodels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And I mean, the Gigi Hadid is really beautiful, striking, but she's not a Doubtson Cruz. She's not a Miranda Kerr. And she got to where she is because she had just enough genetic luck plus her parents basically being super well connected and able to get her a guest photo shoot when she was just starting out like taking her to places getting her like the right outfits I mean there's just like literally privilege and like opportunity on every level that was just given to her and so to use the words basically self-made or she never took a dime from her parents is so egregious this actually, Chandler, this brings up a really good like topic for me because one of the the causes I like to stand for, and I actually want to create a foundation oh, okay. uh, at some point. I want to create a foundation. Please, you guys, help me come up with a name. I don't have a name yet, but mm-hmm. it's for really naturally stunning women, like the you know of of today who are still in Brazil working at farmers markets, the mm-hmm. girls who are still you know like in Ohio, they're still working at Tilly's, they're still just being really beautiful in their small towns because it now no longer matters if you're just like organically from the womb, like the most stunning creature of all time. It doesn't matter anymore. Like we are now in celebrity children of supermodels and we are bankrupting, we are bankrupting the truly beautiful of their birthright. Right. What a stirring rally cry. Um, <laughs> truly, truly. Like, can I mean, we talk about marching for that? Right. I think we need to give these girls an Instagram feed. We need to get them behind the camera or we need to get them in front of the camera and give them, maybe we buy them some followers. I don't know what we let's do. We need to get awareness. it up off the ground. Yeah. Let's raise some awareness. I couldn't agree more. I just it really pisses me off. It really pisses me off. Right. Because now it's just like talk about privilege. Like right. there used to be people who won the genetic lottery and it got them these fabulous lives. And now not, now they're just stuck doing the same thing. They're they're marrying Tommy, the next door neighbor. Okay. And they're not becoming the wives of NFL quarterbacks, <laughs> yeah. of tech tycoons. Yeah. They're yeah. not flying on a fleet of private jets. They I mean, are, their whole life is down the drain. You they're know? literally, and, the best that they do now is marrying the Hawkeye in high school. Right. This is too depressing. I think we have to change subjects. Okay, let's pivot. I just have to say, though, I feel to some degree we were also raised with some privilege, some opportunity. But all at its height, it was a sponsored trip to Home Goods. okay? And those dried up real quick after I graduated. <laughs> And what, so for me, me buying secondhand Ikea furniture off Facebook Marketplace, like that's self-made, all right? I just can hear the negative reviews being written, all right? I like this podcast. And still, they, until they started talking right. about how they weren't pr- privileged, I actually, here's my real opinion on this. I do think that with us, like literally, no matter what we achieve, I wouldn't even call us self-made. No, because of we not. had we had parents who 
put us through college. Yeah, they didn't pay for a hundred percent of it. They didn't like it wasn't like a total silver spoon experience, right. but they got us there. They made sure we We did never it. had a, a credit card that was paid for emergencies. That was not our experience. You know those people? Right. I mean, I called dad. I I, I needed a hundred dollars during college so bad. I was totally broke. I guess I had shopped too much or whatever. Went out to eat too much. That yeah, week. sure. And I was like, Dad, can I please borrow a hundred dollars? And he told me no. Like it wasn't <laughs> like it wasn't it definitely was not car blanche. Right, right. But there was still some uh, there, there was, was still some there was still a way that was paved for sure. Yeah, there were cell phone bills being paid. The path was smoothed. Sure. And I just think that I look up my first job was with a family friend who mm-hmm. I knew because we were we had our parents raised us and their friends had businesses and they were friends with people who had businesses who we could connect with like all mm-hmm. of that it just matters so much right. those who loose your ties or even friends with yeah and like mm-hmm. I always joke and I do want to make this disclaimer I always joke like hate working like works off like working hard sucks my first job really was amazing and it was like a truly distinct unique experience and I look back at that and I'm just like that was pretty wild that I it was like a dream come true and a really fun job um, well that's your privilege that your first job was so amazing how fortunate my first job was insane I went to China I went to San Francisco yeah. on a work on two work trips to China or maybe three I went to San Francisco I had the most fun I learned so much and so anyway I just feel like I look at those experiences though and I'm like wow that is that is purely because of luck of where I was born and the community mm-hmm. I was born into you know right, right yeah it's true it's so much of it is just luck but look at look at dad. Dad was born with a firefighter dad, stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. basically nine siblings, had to put himself through everything. That's when I think you can really call yourself self-made. When you are the one who gets yourself to college or who gets yourself off the ground figuring out like what you're going to do. I always think about how dad started law school like basically at 32, 33 maybe or something, or he, or he took the bar or something. He took um, the bar at 36. I'm pretty sure he started law school around 33. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, literally that's like me starting my career, like my hard working career in like six years from now. And I'm just, my strength is just diminishing. Well, the thing about dad though, is that he went to college and then he got a master's degree. He got a corporate job making, you know, a good living. And then he realized that it wasn't, wasn't challenging enough and he wanted to do something bigger. But dad got like multiple graduate degrees and had started a family at 25, did all of that also worked right. full-time, went to law school at night with three mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, they just literally do not make – I'm sorry, no. uh, K- Kagan knows this. They don't make men like our father anymore. They just no. really don't. They really don't. I mean, yeah. Also, like, he had this, like, this cr- – crazy desire to like not work for somebody else and like for me all i ever want to do is like yeah sure you, you can think about that you can you can think about the totally. bigger picture like i'll just cash my in my paycheck right it's of my pay it's grade my, it's not my responsibility this is above my pay grade i'm sorry <laughs> it's above my pay grade it's actually very comforting for me to know that there are like levels and levels above me at all times <laughs> totally totally like I, i'm here i'm rowing the boat i'm not i'm not driving this ship okay right, right. and guess that that's a benefit of, of not having your own business is like if the ship sinks you just update that linkedin page and get on another ship you know <laughs> it's not like your life savings and dreams and all your right. investors like go down are we gonna it's be like, like oh, i guess i have to talk to some recruiters <laughs> are we gonna is this podcast like making us this unhirable podcast is literally <laughs> making us completely unhirable i will say like 
I have thought about that. I was like, I'll never even be able to get a job if I ever need a job like fr- from someone else. If my business doesn't work out, if all my life goes to shit, like good <laughs> luck. Just wait till they listen to how to work soft and influence no one. I know. Wow. All right. Well, all right. Well, moving on. What's that? Our professional lives are down the drain and moving right along to our next segment. Um, yes. Okay. This is we, we can touch on this briefly because I know this is a little bit old and uh, out of touch. Out of date, if you will. Yogurt Gate, Demi Lovato. Did you see? Of course, of course. I saw even Kagan sent it to me. He was so floored. It it is flooring. It's flooring. Basically, for everyone who's been living under a rock and not been following Demi Lovato's yogurt gate. Basically, she was at a yogurt shop in LA, a yogurt shop I fun fact used to live blocks away from. And she posted an Instagram story where she called them out for being extremely triggering to people like her with recovering eating disorders because you have to walk past tons of quote sugar-free cookies and other diet foods before you get to the counter then she put do better please with the hashtag diet culture vultures oh my god um and i actually that's why i I hate this generation go ahead though keep going yeah well here's what i'm gonna say here's my my take the yogurt slaps it's absolutely delicious yogurt. It's quite possibly some of the best in LA. It's not even like your classic yogurt land yogurt. It's like custard. Like it's like really oh, thick really? and creamy. Yeah. It's not just, if this was just a run of the mill yogurt land, fine, whatever, F it. But this is like some good ass froyo. So I'm, this, the weird salad dressings, low calorie salad dressings never bothered me. And what about the fact that maybe it's not for people on a diet? Cause like it's not advertised as like a diet yogurt shop. Like the yogurts are all like, there's like non fat, but like they're all like normal. What if it's just for people with dietary restrictions? And that's like exactly what the restaurant slept, clap back with. Well, also the thing that she took umbrage with was that that they labeled like certain things as sugar-free or like Mm -hmm. lower calorie or whatever it is. Yes, guess what? There are people with diabetes. There are people that have to manage their blood sugar. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, heaven forbid someone actually want to lose weight in our society these days. That actually is not something that we need to shame people for and try to obscure everything around. We don't have to, we don't have to pretend that we live in this fantasy world where people never want to lose weight anymore. People still want to lose weight. I read the most amazing article actually about this in the New York Times Magazine by this woman. Oh, she's such a good writer. Her name's uh, Taffy Brodesser Ackner, and it's called Losing It in the anti dieting age. And it's just all about how like this rhetoric of like body acceptance and don't diet and dieting is bad and anti-diet culture, you know, demi demi hashtagged diet culture vulture. Like this doesn't translate to people in middle America who are trying to lose weight so they can get off their diabetes medication. Like there's, she talks about going to this Weight Watchers group and how she was talking to this group of women And she was like, shouldn't you just like accept yourself and work on that? Like, shouldn't you accept yourself and try to work on yourself and work on just, you know, owning who you are? And they're like, what are you talking about? I lost 20 pounds and now I can play on the floor with my grandchildren and I couldn't before that. And so it's just like, like this whole culture, it doesn't translate to the majority of people, but it's like this tyranny of the few and very vocal who think that the world and the earth and reality of itself should bend and conform in every imaginable way in order to not trigger one of their minute sensitivities. It's like, take responsibility for your own life. Okay. I mean, I think, Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. I think to some degree, like it's okay that she has truly struggled with eating disorders and she is 
a troubled person who struggles a lot. So she's a person who's going to probably be triggered by like a lot of things all the time. And that's really like hard. And I like, I feel for her on that. But I do think what you're saying about how like the world is having to bend to every single possible trigger, like that is what's crazy. And it's just not sustainable. Like this is just like like a mom and pop yogurt shop. That's, you know, like they're not a small business. Yeah. And it's not even, she acted like it was labeled like hot girl section. Right. And that's like the skinny low calorie. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, we just- It's not actually offensive. Right. We shouldn't shame people who are on a diet. We shouldn't shame people who aren't on a diet. Like, just leave each other alone. Totally. Well, anyway. Okay. Chandler, last thing I want to I want to talk about on this podcast, or really mm-hmm. last thing, last little segment I want to do You guys, on the Patreon, we've started a new segment. It's called Songs That Stir Us. And we talk about the songs that truly move us as red-blooded American women. It's a wonderful segment. And so far, we've gotten some great feedback. But we can't do it on the normal pod because basically it's like third-party playing third party right, music right. or like other otherwise owned music. It's not allowed mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. you have sponsors, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And so we said, we'll just put on the Patreon. However, we don't have a sponsor today. So I figured we'd give people a preview of this very special segment on the Patreon. Very special segment. So today's song that stirs us, Chandler. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's a banger. It's a banger mm-hmm, of a song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's Meanwhile Back at Mama's by Tim by Tim McGraw. Tim by Tim McGraw. And if anyone saw our photo that we posted of him post fishing, why don't you go ahead and look at that while listening to this? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you'll you'd love to be back at Mama's with that boy. So a little background on this song. Tim McGraw said when he heard it, he knew it was the perfect song to record, and he wanted to record it with his wife. <sighs> now I know. It's like he didn't think about his girlfriend. He didn't think about Emrata or, you know, no. somebody. He doesn't, have a girlfriend also. he doesn't have a girlfriend. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, it instantly made him think of his wife. Like, let's just he talk def- about the purity there. He definitely think of, didn't think about Emrata in like 1996 <laughs> or whenever that song was recorded. But he said, um, I got home and I walked into the house and I said, Faith, you got to hear this song. <laughs> and so I played her the song. And when it got to the end, it said, Me and you back at mama's oh my god a flood of tears just came down her eyes and i said not only am i gonna cut this song but i'm gonna sing but you're gonna sing it with me Ooh, i love that little command hot no and that's how it was born right there <sighs> anyway it's a song about homecoming it's a song about getting back to your roots mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about the things that matter in life mm-hmm. you know you start hearing this song and it really transports you so i want everyone i want everyone before we play it, you know, I want you to all get in the right mindset. I want you all to transport yourselves to a bustling city. Okay. Maybe you're walking past a Walgreens that's been boarded up with, you know, steel bars in San Francisco. Chandler, sure. you know all about that. Rude. Um, on your way to a busy day at the office. Maybe you're sitting in a packed subway, okay, with your boyfriend. And the two of you, just imagine you get to think <laughs> about your country roots, about home, about the land on which you were born. Maybe it's a Georgia farm where the hills are golden and the soil's warm. And the earth, it isn't just in pictures. It's right outside your front door. (sighs) Is that the song? Because I'm feel stirred. All right, shall we? Let's go. Just imagine you're in traffic. You're in a big city. And suddenly 
a few strings of the guitar. They remind you of home. I mean, I'm already transported. Oh. Oh my gosh. Running around in this new truck. Bank lets me borrow from month to month. Running out of credit and find a little cash on the radio. He needs retained. <laughs> Numbers on cars going NASCAR fast. What I wouldn't give for a slow down, don't you know? Cause where I come from, only the horses run. He certainly agrees with our working soft mentality. The only thing he writes is horse and his woman. Meanwhile, <laughs> Mama's the porch lights on. Come on in if you wanna. Supper's on the stove and beers in the fridge. Red sun sinking out low on the ridge. I want a ridge. I want to see a ridge line. I love how there's always like an alcoholic father that's romanticized in every country song. Totally, totally. Whiskey keeps his whistle wet, and that's what we find charming about him. Slightly verbally abusive. <laughs> totally. Oh, I love this part. I love Faith in the background. You just hear just... It's just like, it's about going home. It's about a place where you're always accepted. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not just some un anonymous nobody walking around. Right. People know you. People know you. Town. I've got chills on my kneecaps currently. It's a place where you, you go in and you pay the cashier at the gas station and you shake his hand. Yeah. Okay? yeah. You don't use the electronic thing. <laughs> no touchless you pay. You look another human in the eye. I love this part. <laughs> I'm so good. Somebody everybody knows. I miss those small towns walking around in one town, one team. You know, that's what I think about. Okay, this is the part that's like super romantic. Yeah. Cause meanwhile, back at Mama's, the four cells going up and I'm gonna dump this truck in the little I got on a loan to own in a three acre lot. Put supper on the stove, the simple things, getting back to your roots. He doesn't need much, he just he just needs a woman, the three acres, yeah, and a loan. Retain finance. Oh yeah, listen, okay, this is it, this is it. Yeah, me and you back at mama's. I mean, radiating I chills. I mean, Chandler, isn't that what you want out of life? You want to have a man look you in the eye and just say, let's get back to the simple things. Right, you right. Know, let me take you by the hand. I miss let being me someone everybody knows. <sighs> let me lead you back to where things are simple where the wind is sweet and warm. Okay. So, uh, where the dinner is hot. Do you ever think about how Supper. us, the, the experience for us of meanwhile back at Mama's is actually just going back to like residential Orange County? 
<laughs> well, that's the worst part about like all of our like all of country, our country yeah. is that there is like literally we've never experienced this. <laughs> so it's all fantasy in our minds. This is us just driving down Vista Hermosa, like being somebody everybody knows. This is us like driving across suburban, like sprawl essentially from right. like a ritzy Starbucks <laughs> to like a home in Laguna Niguel, like in a minivan right. with our mom <laughs> while she's like listening to Shania Twang. Okay. I think that that's the hardest part. Maybe that's where this yearning really comes from, Chandler. Right. It's a yearning to get back to the elemental human roots that we never experienced being mm-hmm. born mm-hmm. in, you know, a paved paradise. Right. Honestly, yeah. I I struggle. I struggle with trying to reconcile those two things. Well, anytime we want to be transported, we can just listen to Meanwhile Back at Mama's. Right, right. That's true. That's true. <sighs> All well, right, you thank guys. you for I that stirring. Stirring segment. More of that on the yeah. Patreon. Yeah. If you if you like that, you can sign up for the Patreon. Mm-hmm. All right, Chan. It's been a great week. It's been a it's been a great time chatting with you. It has felt like a week talking to you. <laughs> Just kidding. It's been too long. Uh, so good. All right. Love you. Love shall, you. We, shall we depart? Let's depart. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus' wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group, and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you, because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.